Hey, TC, what time is it? Mm, it's time for a makeover. Hi, I'm Pete. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, thank you love, guilty pleasures, or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. Every episode, we'll review the good, the bad, and ultimately the makeover, where we pitch our changes for the film or cast our own reboots. This week's movie is 1999's Deep Blue Sea, directed by Rennie Harlan, uh, who also did Die Hard 2, Mm -hmm. um, and Cliffhanger, which is like... (laughs) You see a lot of cliffhanger elements here. <laughs> um, uh, he also did another movie. Uh, you know what? We'll get to okay, it. Let's yeah, go yeah. on. Let's go Starring on. Thomas Jane, Saffron Burroughs, Samuel L. Jackson, and LL Cool J. <laughs> the cast of this movie. I, I fucking, I love it. <laughs> just gonna say is that he did a movie called Cutthroat Island. Never heard of it. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic flop of a movie, and <laughs> it's partly the reason why you don't see Gina Davis anymore. <gasps> really? Yeah. He's the one who got rid of Gina Davis? I, now I'm angry at him for I a mean, whole other reason. I mean, technically, Long Kiss Goodnight came after, but that's a different Gina Davis. <laughs> well, no, so what's funny to me is he has, like, so many Razzies and so many things like that, and I was like, it is amazing to me that in Hollywood... If a guy makes terrible movies, they're like, ah, that was just a fluke. What's actually... It's like his 20th bad movie, and they're like, ah, but if a female director makes one okay movie, they're like, this is why we don't give women... Yeah, a hundred... Yeah. Um, He also did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and what I know about that is that that movie was actually a huge hit, and that's what got him out of doing indie movies into doing mainstream, which is why he ended up doing Die Hard, but... um. Yeah, and apparently Samuel Jackson loved working with him, and that's why he agreed to be in this movie. Okay. <laughs> so, All right, so critics' reception. All right, so thinking about Deep Blue Sea, let's talk about the budget. The budget for this movie was $82 million, and it had a gross of $164 million, so it was actually a huge hit. Um, IMDb gives it a 5.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 49%. And Roger Ebert gives it, surprisingly, 3 out of 4. What was he watching? And his reasoning <laughs> was that, hey, this movie, like, what you thought this movie was going to be, it made a lot of choices in it that surprised him. And because of the elements of surprise, he was like, this was a fun summer blockbuster I will say that we're going to get into this when we do the good, the bad, and the makeover. Yeah. I will say, looking at it, there were plenty of times I'm like, and how would you even? And then the next minute, they were like, here's the answer to that question we just posed. And I was like, touche. Yeah. (laughs) There was a ton of times where I wrote down that, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then later on, I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That was like, you know what? Good on you. You answered that question. That was a, not not anything dealing with like laws of physics because those yeah. are out the window. But the science of this movie, I have so many questions about, and I don't know that anyone can provide answers. But okay, yeah. so let's get into the summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, again, Deep Blue Sea. We start off with Aquatica. At Aquatica, Dr. Susan McAllister, played by Saffron Burroughs, and Dr. Jim Whitlock are doing research to help find a cure for Alzheimer's. And uh, as sharks don't lose any brain activity as they age... Which has since been proven false. (laughs) Susan and Jim (laughs) uh, think that the proteins found in a shark's brain may lead to a cure for Alzheimer's. Because naturally, you go from... 
um, Alzheimer's to sharks. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and, and apparently this is just, this was a thing where like for a while scientists were like, wow, sharks must really have something going on where they don't get cancer. And it's like, oh, within the time of this movie's come out, we find out that sharks do get cancer and die. All of this is funded by a group of investors headed by Russell Franklin, um, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and after a shark gets loose from Aquatica and attacks a few teenagers, Susan is given 48 hours to turn the project around by Russell, who goes to the facility to see how his money is being spent. After a guided tour full of exposition, we learn the facility's safety features and the ethical standards of shark testing. We also meet shark handler Carter Blake, uh, played by Thomas Jane. Brilliantly. <laughs> a man full of sexual tension and a past. <laughs> <laughs> sexual tension and a past. That's how I want to be described. <laughs> With the help of uh, the weakened skeleton crew, we see Susan's experiment succeed, but soon after, Jim is killed by one of the sharks. The crew radios for help, but due to a storm, the rescue helicopter crashes into the station, throwing them offline, and then another shark attack leaves Aquatic aquatica sinking into the water we then learn that susan has skipped a few steps in her research project and genetically re-engineers the dna of three sharks to give them larger brains by running the test the surviving crew members do whatever they can think of to escape while also trying to fight off these three highly intelligent sharks who are just trying to make it back to the deep blue sea all right, so that is a very lovely synopsis for a movie that's essentially people running from sharks the entire time. So actually, so um, are you ready to get into this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to start with the good, as always. And for me, one of the goods was that this is a combination of two things. It's a survival movie. It's kind of like Poseidon. Or Titanic in the yeah, sense that, like, yeah, yeah. one of the villains is just water. The ocean, yes. Yes, the ocean, Which the, the ocean. actual Deep Blue Sea itself is one of Ooh, the villains. Deep Blue Sea is the villain, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, not only are they in this remote area, but, like, That's the water right. getting in in different places, they have to think about the science, which is not all there, um, but, like, hey, if we open this door, the pressure, or, like, we don't have access to this, it wasn't about to do that. That in itself is a villain, and when you hear water coming in, like, yeah. when LL Cool J sees the water puddle that in itself is a fearful moment and also so many people uh are just like like they're struggling to just survive in this uh, like filling uh yeah, the station the sea lab yeah it's fill <laughs> slowly filling up with water so they're having to deal more with the waters than even the sharks yeah exactly so yeah i mean like definitely. when the like don't get me wrong the sharks are part of like hitting on the door apparently but like one of the things is when the <laughs> we'll get to that so, um, yeah, but it's not just the sharks. It's the addition of this water and the sharks. And like I said, when the sharks were, like, hitting on the door, um, and then you see, like, again, I think it's that cliche of, like, anything underwater where, like, one screw pops out and then you Yeah, there was, you a, there was a lot of that. Um, and there was a lot of, like, oh, the stairway is flooded. Hey, guys, the, the only way we're going to get to the top is to swim up. Yeah, Just exactly. A lot Can you of hold your breath like that, that yeah. long? Yeah, all of those things uh, made it very important. But then, um, so the plot in itself, I had, I was like, okay, I kind of like this. I like the marriage of both survival because of a shark attack and survival because we're underwater and we have to make it to the top. So those two yeah. things were like really good for me. Um, and then, so you're on the good right now, right? Well, yeah, on the good. And then also one of the goods, the certain 
casting choices. Certain <laughs> casting choices, yes. So, By the way, did yeah. you know this? This is our second Michael Rappaport movie. Uh, I didn't. I, I forgot that this was our second one, but I will say that I wrote Michael Rappaport in explanation reports. The white guy you get when you don't want a black guy, yeah. but you want a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Rappaport is that one. It's like when Hollywood's like, we would like some we would ethnicity like, in this, yeah. but we don't want to cast an ethnic person. <laughs> Do you have like a charming Irish man that <laughs> night? <laughs> Black people like him, white people like him. <laughs> I feel like black people like Michael Rappaport now. Even, Did they not like him? I, I I don't I feel like he's always been cool with us. Like That's was, what I'm saying. He was in higher learning. He was in a bunch of different like black movies. He's and... that one white boy in the class. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like whenever there was like a class full of black people. Uh, and there's the one kid whose parents couldn't transfer him out, so he's just there. That's Michael Rappaport. <laughs> and also, like, Michael Rappaport, I feel like I want to go to, like, a Lakers game with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. Is, he's one of... He's invited to the cookout, as hey, they oh. say. <laughs> Mike, you got the cookout invite. <laughs> so, uh, I really wrote that down. So, I did like his choice and his humor while he was in it. Yeah. Uh, but then that also comes to... Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, I think, is the greatest addition to this movie only because... And what, what year was this movie? 90... 99. 99. Okay, so this is post-Scream. In the, <laughs> in the movie Scream, you know, one of the big twists is that Drew Barrymore is, you know, on the poster and she's, like, promoted as being the star of the movie and she dies yeah. um, right away. Spoiler. Sa- <laughs> spoiler. Samuel Jackson is probably the most well-known actor of this cast and he is, the a, a, like, uh, pushed to be the star of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, not only that, um, two things about it. One, when everyone talks about this movie, they talk about his death specifically. As far as twists go, uh, like, this was one I never saw coming. They have his his speech that he gives. He's like, you know what, guys? We're going to band together. And then midway through, the shark just comes up and grabs him midway. And yeah, as mid-sentence. Kid, mid-sentence. And as a kid, I was blown away by this. Yeah, again, every, that I think it's because that's kind of like the beginning of Samuel L. Jackson's memification, so to speak. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like he had already been a badass for quite some time. He's done several Tarantino movies at this point in time. Yeah, he has. And even in the story, I, I looked, read a lot that was like, even in the story, he is set up as this one guy who rescued people in an avalanche. So it's like there's a history that this is our hero. This yeah. is our guy who knows things. He knows about survival. He's going to get us through this. The story sets you up to believe that. And they even have it where he's not the first to die. We get several people who are yeah. like killed off before we get to this point. So when he does die, A, it really does come is it mid-sentence. Mid, like, and it's also the midpoint of the movie? Probably. Yeah. yeah, probably about that. But it's just literally mid-sentence and it's almost see, almost every death we've seen up to this point has reason and logic and all this other stuff behind it. Whereas this one, it just literally seems like the shark was like, and eh, gotcha. Siege. <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree with you when wait, you wait. say that every death has reason <laughs> and logic. Well, Only I'm... because I don't feel the words reason and logic belong <laughs> anywhere in the conversation about the movie Deep Blue Sea. Um, well, what I mean by that is it's in text, let's say. Like, the text sets it up. So, um, the first few deaths that we get, I noticed, I was like, oh, actually, the first few deaths are... 
they're circumstantial. You know what I mean? Like they're a result. They're not a result. To be honest, the first few really are not a the, result of the sharks. The doctor smoking the a first cigarette. Few are not a result of the sharks or, or of the sharks' high intelligence. Because think about it: the shark biting that biting Jim's arm. It's not like out of care. That's something that we see a shark do. Yeah, and it doesn't really seem like planned. It's not until after he gets bitten and after the explosion. That yeah. it seems like, oh, this was all a master plan. Or they want us to believe that this was all a master plan. Because yeah. a lot of this goes, all right, so you're telling me sharks know about, like, well, the interiors of this place? They've been studying maps? <laughs> that's definitely a lot of stuff I wrote for the bad, but I want to get to that. <laughs> yeah, we're One sure of the things good. I will say is that I actually really liked them at least trying to link, like, Alzheimer's research to the sharks only because it gives it a levity. It's like when she's like, Hey guys, even though people are dying, we got to press on because it's like for the good of like mankind, like you kind of understand her a little bit better. She's not just this outright cold, uh, scientist that, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's not a mad scientist. Yeah. She's, it's a, a woman who's had the best of intents. Yeah, she really does. Like the road to hell is paved with bad intentions. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that I think that by giving the sharks like a medical purpose, I think that that really serves the story and serves her character, so that we have a little bit more compassion when all these things start going wrong. It's like, wow, they really tried to do something good and it fell apart. Exactly. Um, I wrote that we have women in STEM. I mean, it's not just like one woman. It's like we yeah. have women who are here, who are intelligent, who are putting, you know, yeah. like they're all working on this and it succeeds. So I was like, that's a really positive thing to see. That you know, it's not like she did all of this and they walked away with nothing at all. They know that. It works. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the things that I actually liked as well, and I mean, obviously, we can have a conversation about this. <laughs> I like the idea of smart sharks. I like the idea of having a threat that's, you know, to be quite physical, and then all of a sudden, oh, wow, there's a mental threat here as well. Well, all it did was remind me of Jurassic Park. It's like when we made the... The raptors. The raptors. Yeah. It's just, that was what it was. It became raptors underwater. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's this sense of intelligence. There's this planning. But at least, with, again, we're not going to go in there, but like the raptors made more sense because they have like hands and they can do stuff and they've seen things, whereas the sharks... Shark, like, these these sharks fish are... like know what know what land life is like. Oh, yeah, yeah. They know how to turn on ovens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, another thing that I wrote down was that, all right, LL Cool J, what category is he falling in uh, for you? So right now, LL, LL's casting choice is in the good for me. I think so, as well. And the, his comedic timing is in the good for me. I thought he had a character that had a lot of charm that could have been very easily forgotten about. Yeah. Um, did you read the story about the ending of the movie? No. Okay, so originally, the ending of the movie, LL Cool J is supposed to die in the first uh, uh, version of this movie. However, when they tested uh, the movie in front of an audience, it turned out that the audience hated uh, Saffron's character so much yeah. that when she lived at the end they and LL Cool J died... They like felt this huge drawback from the audience, so they switched it to have LL live and for her to die. I mean, again, well, first of all, if we're just talking in terms of logic, it is definitely one of those things where it's like she's kind of responsible for this. Oh, so for America, 
<laughs> American audience, we're like, oh, you're telling me that the bitch who caused all of this just gets away because she's in a love triangle with everyone? So, yeah. like, again, I feel like that's a that's in my good choices. Because I think they really did try to, like, make her seem like she was a... Um, a good person and a good person who had, like, just wrong intentions, like, through the end, like, I could see up until, like, when it's just, you know, Thomas Jane, her, and LL left, I could see them being like, all right, so LL's gonna get eaten by the shark, and then the two of them are gonna, like, have this romantic moment, and that's how most action movies end. Yeah. You know, uh, you have Keanu, you have Sandra, and they're just, like, thinking about what's next for them as exactly. as a couple. Um, this movie ended with two dudes. <laughs> Again, well, uh, what I really like is you can also tell there's a little foreshadowing in the fact that, like, the script has uh, LL say, brothers never make it out of situations yeah. like this. So I was like, okay, that's a little... Does he make that same joke in Halloween, H2O? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because I feel like he does. <laughs> Which brings me to um, the writing in this. Because I was like, the writing... I feel like there was a person of color on the writing script. I don't know for sure. I did not look. Uh, (laughs) But it just feels like it. Because, like, for example, there's a little bit when Samuel L. Jackson gets off the plane and he's like, where's Tattoo? And she's like, what? And I was like, that's a a black person's joke. Or the fact where an LL is like... uh, now, you know, good and well, black folks don't have no business being up in the mountains. Like, you know, it's just like, a, I was like, I feel like whoever wrote this script at least understood, or they allowed LL Cool J and Samuel L. Jackson to kind of, uh, what do you call it, improv yeah. lines that felt realistic. Which is funny because I would never trust LL to improv, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh... It actually worked out really well. Although, I, the entire time that LL, and I don't know if this is good or bad or whatever, but I'll just say this is something I thought. LL gives Samuel Jackson a hard time about going up to the mountains and being in the avalanche. He's like, you know, black people don't do that. Yet, this whole sea lab is crumbling. There's <laughs> sharks everywhere. This chef is looking for a bird. Yes. Go home. Thank you. What are you doing? That, like this, saying- black people don't got no business looking for <laughs> birds underwater. So here's the thing. That's what I thought as well because like when he's looking for the bird, he's like, bird. Bird. Yeah. I was like, yo, leave. <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe that and I mean, the whole parrot thing I, wait, 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 we're gonna get there because yeah. the parrot is definitely my bad but um just gonna close out there's only two more things i wanted to mention for the good um the good that i i like and i would like to keep is the intensity that is the helicopter scene i think is a real i think the helicopter scene itself the stakes are high the tension's high again all the elements are there it's not necessary it's not hanging on the identity of these smart sharks. It is hanging on the conditions. You know, it's like they're in a remote area. There's this tropical storm. The um, wind kind of gets them down. Don't get me wrong. A shark apparently takes the helicopter by the hook or, or something like that. I can't really remember. But outside of that, that's that's really the threat. Them trying to go all the way that also when the cord gets stuck. It's just, yeah. Again, terrible infrastructure I was, is kind of the villain. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, too, that the action sequences, like the helicopter crash, like a lot of, like, um, when that first uh, glass breaks in the lab and the water starts rushing in, the sets, everything feels very big. It yeah. feels like a very big, high, like, 
high budget movie and i mean it seems like something that i would want like if i saw a trailer for this movie in 1999 i'd be like yeah sure i'd go see that yeah absolutely that's what i'm saying um yeah it looks like a much better movie than it is i will give it that <laughs> and i think honestly i feel like in certain pl- in certain places it looks like a better movie than what it is yeah but like there are elements and pieces that just work again. Did you feel like sometimes the sharks look great and sometimes they look shitty? Yes, um, but we're gonna get there because the last thing I want to say is speaking of the sharks, the sound mixing um, was all over the place in this it movie. It was, but there, I think like the Foley artists or whatever, yeah, they were really good. Like the again, the musical cues with the sharks. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of like the the feeling being of being in the water. Whenever they needed those stakes, it was done well. Any other time, you were like, what are we doing? There was even moments and times where, like, the dub was off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I, I looked at the tension with the shark scenes. And leading up to there, I was like, whoever did this Foley work did a really good job. Yeah. I, I, I will say that, like, as much as I wanted to hate this movie, I kept getting pulled back into it. Either because of the sound or the editing, the music, whatever. I mean, it definitely was like... This is silly, but I'm very entertained by all of this. Exactly. Um, right, so wait, 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 because I have some other things yeah, in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gosh, uh, I thought that the sharks were kind of funny. I thought that, <laughs> like, okay, so these sharks are supposed to be the whole thing is that, like, you know, not only did they make the sharks smarter, they actually genetically altered their brains to be bigger so they could yeah. produce more of the protein needed to create the Alzheimer's disease cure or whatever (laughs) um the only issue with that is that these sharks and we're gonna get to this in the back they're like incredibly smart like ridiculously smart but one of the things i thought was funny is like the doctor in the beginning like they're airlifting him out this helicopter through this helicopter this whole thing goes wrong he ends up getting like pulled into the water and the shark actually throws the dead, like, <laughs> the dead body of this doctor into the glass to break it. Like, here, fuck you guys. Yes. I just thought that was so funny. There are moments, I was going to say, there are moments like that that are funny, but I couldn't decide if it was funny because it was good or funny because it was just like, this is so ludicrous. You're telling me that this shark has a vendetta so much. That's, that's it. These sharks have vendettas. They are hunting these people. They're keeping track. How many are yes. left? Are they indoors? Are they outdoors? Why don't you guys check the prim? I'll go inside. Like, it's so orchestrated to the point where it's like almost like some kind of shark bank. There's another version of this movie that are the sharks preparing and executing their brain escape. <laughs> Well, that's another thing. It's like later on, he says, uh, Carter says something along the lines of, oh, they did this on purpose so, so that it would flood so they could get out. And you're like, the ships had no idea that the helicopter would crash. They like, don't know the protocol. All right, yeah. no, you know what? We're getting to the bad <laughs> well, of this Well, movie. let's just go into the bad, which is that, and the, one of the bad things is logic. Logic out the window. Science out the window. For so much science that's in here, it's just all done. <laughs> the smartness of this sharks is something I have a lot of notes about. <laughs> um, these sharks are cutting cameras and electricity. Yeah, they know what cameras are. and <laughs> They know the blueprint of this place. They're knocking down steel doors. Like, a shark can look at a wall in this world and see, oh, that's a door. I can't twist it, but if I keep bumping it, because I have so much history in opening doors, 
if I do this, the door will open. Oh, and then the water will go in, and then they'll have to flood it. And well, not only that, but like someone I was reading things is like someone was like, "Do these sharks have tracking devices on them?" I mean, like yeah. seriously, the sharks know where they're at at all times. Not <laughs> only that, uh, there's one scene where they're like, "Hey, we need to go down to where the submarine is, and we'll take that up." Um, one, I don't know what makes them think that these sharks won't destroy the submarine. <laughs> they go into the room, right? The submarine is like above a tank, but it's completely destroyed. The room, no water in it. And like it has a little <laughs> pool of water underneath, but the room isn't flooded. So the shark was like, oh, that's the submarine. I'm gonna keep jumping and biting it. So when they come to look, it's like, what? These sharks are highly intelligent and highly selective in like their work. This feels like this, I mean, a lot of this movie feels like a slasher movie. It feels like, okay, so so-and-so dies. Alright, and let's see how this next person dies. And let's see how this other character so dies. So that's one of the things, it's not in my good, but like the moment, like, we meet our skeleton crew, like, even like the way that they introduce them, it's very slasher film. And you're like, yeah. oh, these are our group. Not all of you are making it. Yeah. We don't know who's, but we know you will be picked off one by one. Yeah, and that was just something that I noticed that I thought was like, you know what, there are a lot of uh, twist and turns, and they are kind of playing on our conviction of, of horror movies, like what we know of them. Um, yes and no, because there it's it's the thing about this movie that's difficult is sometimes it fights against what we know and our expectations, and other times it leans in, and you're like, why was this the choice that you yeah. chose to lean in? Like um, one of the things I wrote um, was like right off the bat, it's pretentious. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? It starts off with the music alone. Are you, you talking know, about the cold open with the, the bow? The cold open. All right, I have wait, so wait, much wait, to wait, say. Wait, wait, All right. wait, we're going to get there. But, like, the reason why I'm saying this is right off the bat, it starts off with the music. You're like, I already feel like you're pretentious. I've gotten three seconds into it, and I'm like, this music feels too much. Yeah. Um, and then it goes deep blue. You're like, see, just deep blue. See, see. And I was like, okay, so that in itself tells us that this movie is going to be too long. Because they already, (laughs) from the get-go, they're like, everything will take longer than it's necessary to do. (laughs) This cold open, you know, it's such like, if there was a Jaws 8, it would start the way this cold open starts, where like, Four sexy people in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, we don't know where this is, but apparently it's not far from where a yacht would go. Yeah, (laughs) and so these four people are like, hey, we're going to fuck in the middle of the ocean and have this crazy boat party orgy. (laughs) In the middle of this, a shark attacks them. And the greatest part about the shark attack, so the camera is seeing these people having a party. Yeah. And one of them spills a bottle of wine. Yes, because wine is equated to blood. (laughs) Wine spills in the ocean, and we're supposed to believe that sharks saw that, not smelled it, the way they do with blood, saw that and was like, oh, that looks like blood, let me go over there. By the way, highly intelligent sharks, who we've already acknowledged, have large brains. <laughs> yeah. This is... This but is, get confused between water and blood. I mean, wine and blood. Well, <laughs> the Christian church has been that way for years. Um... <laughs> Good, what, good, I'm happy. My whole thing was like, Thomas Jane shows up, and he darts this shark, right? That's, uh-huh. that's committing... The, you know what? This was... Was this an intelligent shark, or was it one of the non-intelligent ones? Because apparently there's non-intelligent ones there, too. I think this is one of the intelligent ones. Yeah, I think ones. you're right. Yeah, because he gave Michael Rappaport a hard time about like not like locking the gate. Exactly. He's yeah, like, yeah, I told yeah. you to lock the gate. You, you can trust I me. Who can you trust? Yeah, because he was like, 
He's like, I did lock the gate. I don't know what happened. So we're made to believe that this is one of the smart ones who got out purposely. Okay. Again, I guess that's fine. But the whole thing is that this shark attack that happens, it happens out of the blue. So either... Deep blue? (laughs) It happens out of the deep blue. And we're supposed to either believe that Thomas Jane is track, it has a tracking system on these sharks, which I would believe if we saw anything even close to that. Yep. What they present it as is he was in the right place (laughs) in the right time for a shark attack. And by the way, it never comes back other than that's the incident that brings um, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah. Like, that's the only, like, that's the purpose of this scene. And you're like, okay, but. None of it, like, none of this makes sense. Also, the fact that the moment he darts the shark, the couple who are still in the water is just like, oh, help is here. Yeah. Not, holy shit, let's still get let's, out of the fucking water. Yeah. There was so much of that. Even to, I actually did like at the end of when uh, El Kulti was like, you sure there's only three sharks, right? <laughs> the moves his feet up. Like, you guys should have been thinking that way the entire time. Exactly, because that's definitely one of the. Again, if we wanted to do, like, the Jurassic Park-esque thing, yeah. is this idea of they had a baby that you didn't even know yeah. about. And, like, yep. oh, my God, that would have been... I mean, but we're not there yet. There <laughs> is a Deep Blue Sea, too. I have not seen it. Oh, by I the don't way, know anything so about it. I love that you said Out of the Blue, because that was my name for the sequel I wanted to pitch. Ooh. Deep Blue Sea 3, <laughs> Out of the Blue. <laughs> um, why was this test facility so isolated? Why was it in the middle of the ocean? The, again, none of this says there's no reason given behind any of this. There's a lot of decisions that are made that you're like, okay, but why? Here's a question yeah. as a, a, an Orlando native. Um, <laughs> did you appreciate them referring to themselves as Aquatica? I did think of that. And also, did they have the same logo as the theme park Aquatica? I don't think they did, but if they does like it, it, does it? <laughs> it looks very similar. I couldn't stop thinking of that the entire time I was, I was hearing them say that. Uh... Yeah, I hate the fucking parrot. Oh, the parrot! I, was I hate the parrot. Not only do I hate the parrot based on just L. Kuje sacrificing his life for this bird, yeah. all these things, it's just like, parrots are, birds are disgusting. Get that bird away <laughs> from our food. You're a chef. Like, cleanliness should be, like, part of your thing, and to just have a bird flying around, get out of here well, with that. Um. so what I watched and noticed is that the bird, constantly talking. That's how he yeah. finds the bird. Constantly talking. The one time there's a shark in the room that the bird can see, bird's like, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, like at least have the bird give him a heads up, being like, uh ow. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, birds just like snitches get stitches. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I hated this parrot. And I also, what did you think about LA, LL Cool J being this like, Religious man, like he keeps talking the preacher to God. Thing. Oh, that was that's why I said there. That's the reason why I was like when you asked me how I felt about LL Cool J, I was like, there are moments and there are tr- like the overall cast. Him I like. I like, but this, this character, the character, the fact that he's preacher, and we're like, oh wow, how on the nose. Everything like they have to pray. It was like five seconds ago, you guys were rushing out, but we have time for a prayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also just like what a lazy way to get him to just give exposition when no other person is around. Like exactly. you know what, God, you know, like he like he's having conversations, so we know his internal dialogue. That's lazy writing thing. Yeah. Like just show me. Don't you don't have to tell me. Show me. This is a Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Like I have him just like grip the cross and just maybe whisper something to himself. Like that would let me know that there's a relationship that's deeper than um. At, 
uh, Lord, though we walk through the shadow of death <laughs> with a big ass bat, and we gonna take on these motherfucking sharks. I'm like, what church is this? Yes. <laughs> what church do you go to where motherfuckers in the Yeah. Place? It was actually oh pretty God. amazing. Um, I did like, he has this one bit uh, that I decided I would do at the closing, which is the whole... Um, when I think back on my life, and he has like that, that little vlog that he's doing, and he's yeah. like, I think about my legacies. So we're going to start with the perfect omelet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a nice little bit, and it's fun. But also, who did you think was going to get that video? <laughs> I saw so many similarities between his character in H2O and his character in this. Really? Only because in H2O, like, his character is trying to be, like, a, a, a writer. And he's, like, trying to, like, go over ideas for, like, sexy adult novels. Yeah. And he's doing all this while trying to avoid, and he, he lives. And it's very similar. Like, he is... A, People don't want to kill LL Cool Jack. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, would you? <laughs> well, if I heard the song written for this movie... <laughs> you would have to go? We need to take a second to talk about this. I, I honestly... I immediately turned it off. LL Cool J... No, because I remember the music video for oh this. Oh my god. Um, and I will sh- I will show you a little bit <laughs> of it. I will share it. <laughs> um, LL Cool J wrote a song for this movie um, that is... Uh, the lyrics to the chorus, I'll just let you know. Deepest to bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> and the whole mood, the song is about robot sharks, like the super smart <laughs> sharks, but also about that he's kind of a shark himself. This song is so bad. It's terrible. <laughs> but it also made me realize, I was like, wow, LL Cool J thought this was going to be his Men in Black. He thought like, yo, I have a huge blockbuster coming out. I'm going to pull the Will Smith and put a song on the soundtrack. I'm going to promote the soundtrack. I'm going to promote this movie. It's going to be great. Not a lot of LL Cool J movies after this. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, what was it? You said this was after H2O? I, it's a, I think they were released the same year, honestly. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Halloween H- 1998. Yeah. Right? So the year before. Halloween Resurrection was 2002. <laughs> what does that mean? That's the whole song. It's like him talking about sharks, and like at the end of this, he morphs into a shark at the end of the movie. Okay. <laughs> I I was with you until I don't know why I was with you, but nope. that was like that was the thing that I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he really thought, and you know what's funny is that Wild Wild West came out the same year. There you go. We were just, you know what, we were allowing them to stretch their arms yeah. and make mistakes. Because Wild Wild West was actually a hit, regardless of the movie being shit. And we have to watch that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but LL really thought he was like, you know what, this is going to be my chance to shine. And uh, okay, so another one of the things that's like kind of the bad with me, besides, is the the writing at moments just. Are you talking about Michael Rappaport's one-liners? Well, Michael Rappaport's one-liners, the whole, uh, what's it? At one- uh, uh, huge. They're so big. What are? Your brass walls. Why not just say you have big brass walls? Like, yeah. what was the point, premise? <laughs> at one point, when they first, uh, when Thomas Jane, like, captures the shark at the facility for the first time, and they're bringing him in to draw the fluid out of his brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Rappaport's like, uh... Who ordered fish or yeah, some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that? Give me like, the sushi, I think is what it is, or something like that. Yeah, like, uh, oh, she screwed with the sharks, now they're screwing with us. Ha, ha, ha. Rappaport. <laughs> Here's the thing. He delivers them with conviction because they're him, 
But you you do find yourself being like, why? Why? Why was that necessary? Okay, so three sharks die in this movie, okay? Yes. Let's talk about these sharks' death. Because both of them I felt like were very um, underwhelming. And here's why. The first one is LL Cool J when the... When he goes into the oven and the shark turns on the oven with him in it. Well, all right. So just let's just take a moment for there. Not only I do like the irony of the chef dying in his own oven. That Even though LL right points there, it out to the audience just in case they don't get yeah, it. That right there, I like. The idea that you have an axe that you beat metal um, with a, uh, a, a hatchet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's completely safe. And not at all sharp and nope. doesn't cut you <laughs> to just bend and jump out of a second later. Yeah. I was like, how? Also, like, you have this hatchet. The shark keeps rushing into you. Like, hit him in the face. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> fight back. Um, But he has, it does, one of my biggest movie pet peeves is like, all right, so the gas is on on the oven. Yes. And he's like, you know, he says some one-liner that yes. I don't remember. He flips on his lighter. And then he throws the lighter that stays lit that lands in the oven and there's a, an explosion of sorts. So again, when we're talking about this, mind you, apparently we're supposed to believe that the gas has been on and it has filled the room so much so that it will blow up a shark. But he's still allowed to light it in a room, in the same yep. room, because he's far enough back from the oven? Yep, yep. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> <laughs> it just the does does not it hold doesn't up at all. make any sense. And I was just like, wow, like, um, even when Saffron Burroughs uh does her like elect electrocute shark thing, yeah. um, which by the way, all of these are Jaws deaths. Electrocuting a shark, blowing up a shark, these are all sh Jaws deaths. Um Saffron Burroughs is like, oh I'm electrocuting, but I'm gonna take off my wetsuit and I'm just gonna stand on top of it and I'll be okay. Because it's, it's like, rubber. Really? Is that how that, that works? That's the logic behind it. I don't know, but like the logic is because her suit's rubber. But for me, what I saw, which was another one of the reasons why it was in my bad, is unnecessary nudity. It's like, oh, yeah. what, why did why did she this woman who is completely a scientist first and that's what's her that's mission? A 90s she thing, is man. wearing she is just happens to be wearing some little sexy lingerie. She likes to feel cute when she's in uh, underwater. It's just like you have this woman scientist, like why not just have her just like use her intelligence to figure shit out never no, once no. never once she never uses her intellect to figure out the problem so that's one of the things that i was gonna also write in the bad which is that even though we have a woman in stem and this woman and two women who are she cured alzheimer's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> supposedly highly intelligent it's this cliche of the smart working class man versus the educated woman yeah and this smart working class man is the one who we're supposed to put all our trust behind because he's seen some things and you're like oh really <laughs> she's a doctor who just as you pointed out just cured alzheimer's and this guy <laughs> openly admitted to not going to class <laughs> but he knows but he knows he's the one who's going to get us out of here yeah. and that's one of the things hollywood does hunch. hollywood does that all the time where they're yeah. like oh you have all your degrees but can you get out of this situation it's the same relationship that uh chris uh pratt has with bryce dallas howard exactly. in jurassic world again yeah. again it's very much jurassic park it's it's a movie cliche that yeah. bothers me that the educated person who uh, don't get me wrong i'm not saying that they have to be knowledgeable with everything but for some reason this one shark expert who by the way all if 
you, do you want to give him that? Sharks, yes. But how is he the leader in everything else? Yeah, and I do like that, like, Michael Rappaport was, like, saying, like, oh, you know, structurally, like, we can't do this, we can do this. That made but, more sense. But for her just, like, to, like, just something like, hey, I know this about sharks, and yes. we can use this to help us get out of this Because situation. I chose sharks for a reason, which would give some kind of indication that I, too, have studied sharks. <laughs> yeah, I studied sharks so much that I made a shark. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, again, this, the science in this does not hold up really well. Also, one of the things that I hate when I, when you get movies like this, is you get a line such as, that's impossible! Okay, well, A, we just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so, impossible, not a thing. B, you just cured Alzheimer's. You don't get to say what's impossible and not impossible because you just broke the rules of science. You should say that's unusual. Yeah. That's not in their patterns. They shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. But you can't say they could never do that because we just saw one do it. Now, <laughs> did they actually cure Alzheimer's or did they get close to it? What was that whole celebration? So that the happened? whole celebration was she said something about there's something about like the stimulation between the neurons and they're like and... We, we need electricity to spark whatever exactly. and it happened for so many seconds. Looking for lightning in a bottle is yeah. how she put it and again we were kind of given an explanation we were given an explanation I'll give them that but it was also like movie logic where it was like we're gonna give it to you in this way so you know you just need to look for something that looks like lightning you saw the thing that looks like lightning but apparently they have waterproof like floppy disk or something because she was like I need to go back and get that technology My files, and yeah. the first thing I thought was like you don't have the cloud yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other thing I thought too I was like alright so they've been making all these uh, scientific advancements they have investors that they're reporting back to but there is no backup files of anything no backup files and also it really made me laugh uh, I saw something that was like about this movie it's like one of the things that um Franklin comes into town for is to make sure that his money is being used wisely and they show him all of these things. Meanwhile, the infrastructure of this place constantly falling apart. Yep. Ladders falling down, like immediately linking. Anyone who <laughs> is like skilled in their job set, at least for Samuel Jackson's position, should have been there and been like, hey, you guys need to re... re 20 um, violations. Yeah, like, you guys right need off to re uh, think your... Uh, <laughs> how you guys are using your expenditures because this is not a structural sound yeah. place. Um, hey, do you guys want to move this to like closer to the shore? Is there a reason we're all the way out here? No. Because like, I guess the sharks can't be in tanks so they need like... The sharks can't be in tanks and that is something like, we do know that but... Again, why we don't really does it have know to be so is. isolated? Yeah, yeah, we don't really know where it is. It, for all we know, it could literally be twenty miles. Like there could be uh, Sea World, like on the other side, a free willy. Yeah. For all we know, yeah. <laughs> um, this, yeah, there was a lot about this movie. That okay. Um, the last few things that I had are um, they, and they kind of go hand in hand. Is the deaths of Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Rapaport, both of them just seem deaths of convenience, not for any real reason. Again, so like the doctor, um, Jim, at, in the beginning, he is thrown. Which, yeah. by the way, 
that's not how science works because the laws of physics, if you throw anything under, if I were to throw a ball underwater right now, it would immediately stop because just the friction. You know what? But you don't have the brains of super sharks to understand how to do it. And if Maybe your that, brain had been genetically, you know, tampered with to be bigger, then you could also, understand what the this, sharks understand. This glass, which is made to hold. Waterproof. Yeah. yeah like, like waterproof, that amount of pressure, like a like dude thrown at it. <laughs> Just immediately, not does it chip and then like that chip spreads and no, just immediate chunk on the other side. You know what I love? <laughs> I love a group of scientists underwater in a lab Who looking at a glass cracking shattered. and they're just like, huh, and then, maybe we should go? <laughs> no, yeah, maybe you like, should. Let's move, people. It took you that long. I would have been on the other side of that door yeah. so quickly. It makes no sense. So there's that. Um, but, um... That being said, again, the deaths that make, like, the deaths of the people up top yeah, in the helicopter. What's the other female scientist's name? Oh, God, I can't remember her name. But she, again, she also went from, like, this really capable person who we saw in the beginning. Then she just hates the other woman in the movie the entire time. Well, like, uh, again, we kind of get a reason because uh, she had a thing going on with Jim, and then Jim dies, and she blames them, and then she finds out that they actually, because she's the one who was like, oh, we would not do that that would violate any yeah, kind of yeah we can't regulation. genetically alter uh shark's brains and she's like Saf and then saffron bros is like well guess what she's like oopsie and then like so again that logic is there and she's like you're so she's like you stupid bitch and they yeah. they make sure that the woman calls her a stupid bitch because yeah. a man cannot do that <laughs> but after that happens she um just kind of breaks down and she's just like i don't want to die and like all this, uh, yeah. and again it's like they show the shark playing with her but all I'm saying is the sharks would seem to have a reason to come after all of these people because these people were in the lab and actively trying to test them or whatever. Samuel L. Jackson, it does not make sense for that shark to just come at him the way that he does. And yeah. then uh, Michael Rappaport also, it's like, it just, it seems kind of like they just wanted, they were like, we need to get rid of this character. So let's do it. And let's do it in CGI that does not make any sense. It's not good CGI. And it's just kind of, like, overdone. So it says here that sharks can hear frequencies. <laughs> they can't really hear, like, hu like, I guess they can hear human sounds, but, like, it's... For him to hear Samuel Jackson giving this speech and be like, oh, hey, I'm going to swim down a few floors and get this guy talking. I'm yeah. hearing. It's like, what? Exactly. Like, I, I think that's that's some of what you were saying. Like, you know, some of these deaths don't feel like they uh, are earned. Yeah. A lot of them feel like, um, hey, why don't you add more suspense while you guys are trying to escape have, you know, a shark get close to someone. Instead of just, like, me and Michael Rappaport, high five, and then Michael Rappaport just dies instantly. Exactly. Like, so for me, one of the things I thought, specifically with Michael Rappaport's death, is it would have been something if, like, they were going up and his tank got caught. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, something like that where it's like, oh, my God, this thing where, like, again... This plan that we had. This plan that we had, it worked, but it, like, fell through because of outside elements, and the shark was able to catch up with him. Makes way more sense we're involved. Not shark just happens to come out of nowhere. Again, kind of like was waiting and hiding, and was just like, ah, I got one of you. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly what I think I would have liked a little bit better if it was, like, these scientists trying to come up with things, and then 
those things not being fully thought out, those things not going according to plan, and then that's when the sharks get the upper hand. Absolutely. So, are you ready to move into the makeover? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, this. so first of all, I think it's really important to note, as we said earlier, there is a Deep Blue Sea 2 that came out last year. Last yes, year. 2018. <laughs> so apparently someone else had the same idea that we did, which was like, this needs to be revisited. Yeah. But then I looked at the trailer, and it did not need to be revisited. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm sh- I can't imagine what a worse version of Deep Blue Sea would be, but... If- um, so the thing about this movie, the way it was done, it felt like one of those sci-fi movies. Yep. Like, I would have liked it more if it just leaned into its Sharknado-ness. Yeah. Like, yeah. I looked into it, I was like, this movie takes itself way too seriously. If it would have leaned into its Sharknado-ness or its screamness or it, yeah. you know, it was like, either be earnest and then make every, if you're going to be earnest, then you need logic. You know? Yeah. But if <laughs> and, you're just making a fun movie, then that's fine. But, but give make us, a fun movie. Yeah, make don't, it more fun. Don't make, don't give us speeches and intense stares and all these things. And biblical verses yeah. and all these things. That just <laughs> don't, don't do feel that. It just necessary. doesn't make sense. Um, okay, so what would, how would you redo this movie? As I said, well, how I would do it, well, first of all, we need to decide are we going full camp or are we, doing serious. If I want to keep the same tone that this movie kind of wants to take, I would do exactly as you said, which is that we have these, um, you know, we have these sharks who are getting intelligent. Um, we have the incident, like for most of the first act we can keep, yeah. but again, lose the exposition, lose the opening scene. Cause it's not really necessary. Lose the, like a lot of these things, show the sharks getting intelligence. Maybe we show like a shark or two swimming by and, and, at least, even if we're going to remove logic, but at least hearing the, the conversations yeah, yeah. underwater. So it was like, it doesn't make sense because these sharks don't know English. But, I mean, still give us some kind of illusions that the sharks were, like, on to their plans. Or, like, yeah. you know, or even that the sharks actually behaved like hunting animals. Because in the very beginning, that's what he says. He's like, they are hunting in packs. Yeah. And that would make sense. But for the rest of the movie, it's just like, each shark goes out and gets their assigned kill. Yeah, you know essentially, what I mean? yeah. And that, I would have liked it if they actually did start to hunt in packs and act it like animals. Yeah. Because I read something with this movie where someone was like, intelligence does not equate to knowledge. Yeah. Sharks are smart. It doesn't even seem like they're smart. It seems like they got downloaded with knowledge. Exactly. It's like they got they got plans. Like yeah. you said, they got blueprints. They learned how to read English. It's they were like, like guys, there's so many floors and like <laughs> we have to get them to the top floor. Like, no, they don't know any of so this. So make it... Make Make it more, if you want to be earnest, then make it more grounded. Make it to where the sharks have the upper hand. Oh my God, you know what? Because of the helicopter crash, the yeah. place is flooded. Because the place is flooded, the systems are down. We don't have as much tracking. The water has come inside and the sharks are now inside. Yeah. So right over there, you have the same tension. You still need to get out. The sharks are still here. And you know what? That's a movie that like, if you told me like, Hey, I or not even a movie. Like if you're like, hey, did you hear about this crazy thing that happened off the coast of Hawaii? Like that seems like a, a, a like, hey, building got flooded, sharks got in the building. That's scary enough. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the fact that they are more intelligent sharks again, that's that's creepy because they are hunting in packs, and you can tell that they they actually try to corner them. But not because the sharks happen to know where they are, but the sharks just happen to see that they are a group that's chaotic, and they literally tried to corner them into spaces but as a unit not as all right you take that one i'll take this one (laughs) um do you how would your ending differ from the ending that's in this movie 
Um, I think that's... I don't really have an ending that's different because I like the fact that the two guys... I do like the fact that it kind of uh, trumps convention and has, like, just two dudes who made it out. One who was like, look, I was just a cook. I, I happened to make it out. And then he even gets injured because he's like, all of this space and you shoot me. Like, again, yeah. I liked that. Um, but maybe I would have changed it by having Dr. Saffron and the cook live. There's yeah. no reason reason for Jake. Yeah, there's there's really not. In fact, I would have preferred Blake, sorry. Yeah, Blake. I would prefer him be one of those kind of random deaths. Yeah. Um uh I, I, okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. All right. So, how would you have it in? All right. So, I actually I agree with you with a lot of these changes because to me, the most interesting thing would have been if like, all right, we're in this situation, the helicopter crash happens, they're flooding, sharks are coming in. We're scientists. These sharks have been genetically altered to be smarter. It turns into this chess game. Yes. Like, yes. that's what I want to see. I want to see, like, in the same way that, like, you know, uh, what was it, like, Matt Damon's on Mars and he has to figure yes. out how to play. Like, you yes. have to use science. You have to use intelligence. Oh, my God. I would love a uh, the Martian version of this movie. Yeah. Where you live, as you said, all the science checks out. You, we really, we have to calculate. We have to calculate how much, we, like, we have someone who's, like, We've seen them be a swimmer before, and it's like, oh, that's going to come back in handy because we know he can hold his breath for exactly three yeah. minutes, and the swim is three minutes and 21 seconds. Can yeah. he make it? Yeah, something you know? <laughs> like that. Um, and I just, I really would have liked if there would have been more of, like, an ethical dilemma of, like, hey, like, with Saffron Burroughs' character, like, her understanding the weight of what she did and still, like, saying, like, no, this is the right choice. It was right to do this to this animal so that people could be better in the long run. And her holding on to that conviction until, like, maybe midway through the movie she has a revelation or some kind of change happens yeah. to her character where she's like, you know what? Maybe I did play God. Maybe I shouldn't be this character. Um, which leads her to do something to, uh, intellectually... To help people, um, where she finally gets over that hump uh, mentally, where she's like, "I'm not the person who should be doing this." And yes. I think there was parts of that in the movie, but I just wish it had a more levels to Would it. Would you recast uh, if you like? Yeah, uh, that's what I was also was, <laughs> was going to say that as much as I enjoy Thomas Jane in this movie, like he was fun. Um, I didn't care really for him or Saffron Burroughs yeah. as the leads. Um, I don't know if these are the only leads they could get for this film. I don't know what's going on, but I feel like, you know, hey, we have the director of Die Hard. We have a budget of this much. We have Samuel L. Jackson. Do you want to be in this movie? You keep Samuel L. if you can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But I just, uh, maybe people with just a little bit more charisma. Like, I don't, I didn't care for Saffron Bros at all throughout the movie. And mostly because I thought her accent was ridiculous, too. You know who probably would have been good in this if we change it slightly? Sandra Bullock. I was going to say Sandra Bullock, actually. Sandra Bullock would have yeah. been, like, one of the ones who I feel could have brought heart to this role. Yeah. Um, and she actually, was so cold, Saffron. Yes, yes. Um, also, if you want someone who's cold and a bad bitch, Charlize Theron. Yes. Yeah. They're like, there's different options you can go with, and I, I think her not having a full like evolution of a character, um, this film not really saying anything. Yeah. Are they saying like, like well, oh. they're saying don't play God, but you're like, you don't really like. It's just ven it's pure vengeful. But it's like like Jurassic Park is one of those things where it's like, hey, you're playing God for a profit. Yeah. 
this wasn't that. This was for scientific advancement. So it's like, are you saying like we shouldn't strive for that? Like, what is the messaging Very here? Good point. I so that. I think that just a little bit more thought into that and having it just be this like, hey, you know, as humans, in order for us to advance, we have to take some risk. And this was part of that, like that being somehow interwoven um, with a Sandra Bullock lead, and even like, um, like for. I, I don't I, I don't think you could have got George Clooney at this point, but just <laughs> someone who just had a little bit more uh, charisma, a lovable asshole to play this would be... You would be the... I For me, the modern Michael Rappaport is Jake Johnson. Yeah. Jake right? Johnson would be great in that role. Right, yeah. right? That, that's like, who are... Are we casting 1999 or are we casting I'm casting now? now. Like, just like if you can. If I could... That's why I, I say Charlize Theron would, would be good to me. Um, in in the role of Saffron, um, Jake Johnson can be the role of Michael Rappaport. I think that any of you still keep Samuel L. Because again, if you can, you keep him. <laughs> what do you think about like uh for the Thomas Jane character, Michael B. Jordan? So here's the thing: it's not that like for me, it's not that I don't think he could pull it off. It's one of those things where it's like I need there to be some kind of believability. Even with Thomas Jane, I don't really buy his whole, oh, I'm this guy with a rugged Are you thinking more like Jason Moa? Jason Moa could probably do it. Like, here's the thing. I feel like that's more in the right area. That's why we should be searching. Because I'm thinking like a cocky guy who, in the end, at least in my film, his cockiness ends up being his destruction. Absolutely. Oh, God, I would love it if that character just died. And then, like, it took, like, a smart woman scientist who was like, no, I actually studied this. This isn't just a hunch. Like, I actually know this. Exactly. That worked out the problem. So that's that's my makeover. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, so final thing is, is this movie more good than bad? It's entertaining as hell. Like, <laughs> I, that's the one thing about this movie I cannot fault it for. It is so entertaining. Um, it was actually funny. My girlfriend was with me. She's like, hey, I have some work to do on the computer. Go ahead and watch the movie. Um, and she kept stopping to watch it. And she kept commenting on how dumb it is. Yeah. She, at one point, she just closed her computer and just watched it with me. And I was like, that's what this movie does. This, movie, this is why I said this movie, if it would have leaned into its Sharknado-ness, it absolutely... Because very similar to me with Sharknado, I remember when Sharknado, I think, 2 came out. All my roommates at the time were like, what are you watching? I was like, Sharknado, you have to watch it. Oh. It's like amazing. And they were like, this is so stupid. And like you said, they were trying to live their, they were literally living their own lives. And every now and then they would just look over and be like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, everyone is just in the living room, sitting on the couch, watching how this plays out. And that's how I felt. It's like a, there's no harm in just being, going the whole, the rock route of, we're just, like rampage yeah where it's like a no this is ludicrous none of this has to make any sense we're here for a good time not a long time yeah <laughs> and i don't necessarily think that a dumb movie equates to a bad movie no not at all and i think this is a dumb movie that's i think is more good than bad okay i, I i'm honestly not going to disagree with you all right all right all right so um is that it? Yeah, I think that's all. Do you have any other thoughts about the movie? No, honestly, I'm, I'm with you. I was really entertained. And again, uh, look out for my movie sequel to it, Deep Blue Sea 3, Out of the Blue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Is that the Jessica Alba crossover? Jessica Alba? she's in Out of the Blue. Oh my God, no. <laughs> Although, you know what? If we're going Sharknado, I'd do it just for that tie-in. 
Oh. <laughs> if, if I get a remake to put specifically on Sci-Fi Network, yes. All right, all right. We got all those right. pitches for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. Uh, TZ. You can find me on Instagram at me at .braver.me. And if you guys have thoughts on how to make deep blue sea better or any of our other movies better please uh write us at movie makeover on instagram twitter and facebook you can also email us at movie makeover pod at gmail.com please join us next week for our discussion of 2000s charlie's angels say it ain't so i will not go I am already dreading watching Charlie's Angels, but I'm gonna do it for the pod. I just want you guys to know I don't want to watch this movie, but I'm gonna do it for the podcast. Oh, as always, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. Makeover and out. Peace! We will start with the perfect omelet, which is made with two eggs, not three. Amateurs often add milk for density. But this is a mistake. This, it actually is. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs>